All right, it is 3.36 here on this Friday, December 11th. Hope everyone's having a nice afternoon, getting set for a good weekend ahead. Uh, not a great day on the COVID-19 front. 737 new cases across B.C., 99 new cases in Interior Health specifically, and 11 new deaths in the last 24 hours as well. Well, let's get into some more details surrounding COVID, talk about vaccines, etc. Pleased to welcome to the show now B.C.'s Minister of Health, Adrian Dix. Minister Dix, how are you today? Great to be on CHNL. Hey, thanks for coming back. Appreciate the time as always. So I want to start with, of course, really the talk of the week has been vaccines. Um, So we're getting enough doses here next week, right, to be able to vaccinate about 2,000 people. That will all be in the lower mainland, and then things will start expanding in the weeks and months to follow. So I guess best case scenario in your mind, sort of when do we start to see these vaccination programs expand outside of the mainland? And and when can we maybe expect to see some, some, uh, some vaccine make it up to the interior? Oh, very soon. I think um, the intention uh, is to move quite quickly. Uh, The Pfizer vaccine that's been sent, we're receiving essentially four trays of that next week. Two uh, will go to Vancouver Coastal Health, two to Fraser Health. They come in trays of 995 doses, and they can't be broken up. So we had to choose sites, and obviously those areas were areas where there was significant outbreaks in long-term care. Mm-hmm. So that's where we started, but there was no way to do more than that in any event. We would have had to chosen, choose to. In the weeks that follow that, we're expecting uh, many thousands more, hopefully doses on a weekly basis in the tens of thousands. And in January, early January, we're hoping to also receive uh, the Moderna vaccine, which is more flexible, particularly more flexible in the distribution to smaller communities, which is helpful to us. And so uh, you're going to see that in the, begin- in the beginning part of January in all the health authorities. And it, it's needed. Um, as you will noted yesterday, we had 82 cases in interior health of COVID-19, which is not dissimilar to the number of cases proportionately that Vancouver Coastal Health yesterday, which was 135. We've had dramatically less uh, mortality in uh, in interior health, it should be said. But we do have significant long-term care outbreaks. So interior health is absolutely going to get its share. We're going to get going. And the place we're going to start in interior health is the same place as in Vancouver Coastal Health. But with uh, health care workers in long-term care uh, and and then some health care workers in COVID-19 units and emergency rooms and ICUs, and residents in long-term care. Those are the priorities. And some of that's driven by the practical uh, in the way that we can use the vaccines. So once we start to get the Moderna, and once we have more experience with uh, Pfizer, and Pfizer has more experience, we may be able to break up those doses and take them to long-term care homes and start to um, uh, protect uh, residents as well. So those are the early priorities. And you're going to see that uh, in interior health uh as soon as possible. And we have had some suggestions that we might get more than we're expecting now. And if that's the case, obviously, we'll be doing more. By the end of March, under our agreement with the federal government right now, DC is expecting enough uh, doses for about 380,000 people, which is a lot of people, but it's 8% of the population of British Columbia, right? Or mm-hmm. a little under 8%. So we're going to, it means that the measures are going to have to be in place for quite a long time. This is, it's it's a source of optimism, but the measures to stop transmission of COVID-19, which is putting the risk the health of so many people, those measures are going to have to continue for some time. But this is very, very good news, and hopefully it will be more than 380,000 people who will have more of an effect. 
How challenging is it to try to uh, put together a, a vaccination program here? And, and I know, uh, you know, b- based on yesterday, there was a question regarding like record keeping. Um, and Dr. Henry talked about sort of the complications that come with that because there's going to be so many different vaccine candidates that are that are going to be coming on board here. Um, how unique is this vaccination program? It's got to be a challenging one to try to administer, but obviously very important. But just, you know, it's pretty, pretty different than anything we've probably ever seen before. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, the vaccine technology is different, and it's very—it's a huge source of optimism. The effectiveness of these um, of these types of vaccines, because Pfizer and Moderna are different from the vaccines we we typically have in BC, and it's extraordinarily good news, both from the point of view of safety and of other illnesses where vaccines might be useful. Um, this improvement in technology. So there's some challenges in terms of. Uh, the Pfizer in the Pfizer case it has to be kept as minus 80 as many people who know and that presents some organizational challenges but this is the bread and butter of public health immunization campaigns they've done them they do them all the time we do them every year as you know especially for children but for others as well and so you know really in terms of um, immunization uh, I think we have a pretty good uh, pretty good plan in place it'll have to change and be flexible but our, and our pharma net and pharma care system gives us a pretty good understanding of who gets what in terms of prescription drugs in general in the province. And so those systems will be able to use, will be used to good effect here. And so, but it's key to know because as you know, and as you may have heard yesterday, we're expecting about um, uh, seven different uh, vaccines um, uh, in the coming year in 2021, hopefully by the second quarter. Some of those other vaccines, AstraZeneca, the one that's being done with Oxford University, for example, and others. And, um, and so it's, it will be important to know, of course, what everyone receives, because most of these are two-dose um, vaccines. And, uh, but, I, but it's obviously uh, something we're pretty happy to be organizing, I can Absolutely. tell you, at this stage. And, and you know, you're going to see some differences in different jurisdictions. For example, the territories uh, are going to get their uh, almost their entire load of doses early um, because it's very challenging practically. And they're principally going to get Moderna because of uh, uh, small communities far apart. It doesn't make sense to have... Um, uh, the Pfizer vaccine go there. So there's some differences between the provinces. Generally, it's going to be distributed on a per capita basis to the provinces and a per capita basis to the health authorities. That's all very exciting news. Of course, we're all wanting to get through this. The vaccine is an important part of helping us kind of recover from COVID-19. But until we get there, we know that, uh, you know, we got to continue to take precautions to keep ourselves and our loved ones safe from this virus. We're sitting here. It's December 11th right now. Uh, January 8th is when the current restrictions are going to be revisited. And I'm not going to ask you to kind of predict the future here. But, you know, when, when those are reviewed uh, on January 8th, what do you think would need to happen? What do you and Dr. Henry kind of need to see over this next four weeks in order to start to maybe ease some of those things on January 8th? People out there listening, I'm sure, are saying, this stinks that I got to stay home for Christmas, but maybe, maybe in a month's time, I'll have a little more flexibility. So what needs to happen between now and then to see a little more flexibility? Well, we know how hard it is and the consequence of it. Canceling um, religious services at any time is hard. Um, for those in the Christian faith and the Jewish faith, these are important uh, times of year. And we've seen the cancellation before this of, um, in the spring of Vesaki and other holidays uh, and other uh, religious 
events that are significant, at least the public events. You don't cancel the event, of course, and we'll all still be who are of the Christian faith, and it has great cultural significance to be, be celebrating Christmas. But I, I think that um, uh, what we need to see is, is a real flattening of the curve, a redu- reduction in the number of cases and their impact on, on health care, first of all, but also on their impact on the community. Um, Dr. Henry has always believed that you have to understand the consequences of health orders. And it's why, for example, we kept many industries open that other provinces didn't with success over the last uh, nine months. But now, November and December, the virus is transmitting in a different way, in a more um, aggressive way, dramatically more aggressive than it was in August and September and October. So the things we could do then, we can't do now. And that's the purpose of these orders. So what we need really is for people to dig in um, in this month to follow those orders. So that, And then where we see them going down, because we do work on every case, in terms of contact tracing, every case, we're going to see where, where they're having an impact and where they're not and be able to adjust at that time. And so uh, obviously it's important for everybody. And so all of the orders are important. I talked about um, religious activities, but you know, everyone who takes part in sports, this is a really hard time, for example. Uh, I can remember the last time I played competitive sports, Jeff was in grade 12. And, uh, and I can, uh, but I remember that, right? I played high school basketball, I played high school rugby, I played high school soccer, I played, ran track and so on, right? And I remember that. And uh, for a lot of people who are in grade 12 right now, you, you practice a lot, you train a lot, you work for that, and the grade 12 year is important in competition, right? And so uh, we know the impact of these rules and changes. And so to the extent we can move, um, and Dr. Henry can move on January 8th, she will, but it will depend a lot on what we do in the next few weeks. It's really, it's up to all of us. It's not up to Dr. Henry, it's up to all of us to see that this curve is flattened. Uh, grade 12 for you, that was just a couple of years ago, wasn't it? That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You know, sadly, it was 38 years ago. <laughs> um, do you think the, the orders that are in place right now are, are working? Yeah, so that's a, that's a couple, that's 19 couples. Exactly. <laughs> uh, D- D- Minister Dix, do you think that the orders that are in place are, are working? And the only reason I want to ask is because, you know, we see the numbers that are coming out on a daily basis and it doesn't really feel like case numbers are going down. But that being said, they're not spiking a lot either. So uh, I just don't know exactly how to read it. And, and maybe it's even too early to say whether the orders are working or not. But uh, just sort of what are your thoughts on on how they are being received right now? And, and if people are following them, are they working? I, I think people are doing doing well, and we just have to keep at it, right? What we've seen is um, we saw, you know, in October and the early part of November, continuing low transmission in Interior Health and Vancouver Island and the north. Right now, the north has seen significant caseloads in Prince George and Fort St. James, uh, but also in Dawson Creek um, and in Kitimat, right, in this period. Uh, in uh, the interior region, particularly the central health, uh, Okanagan health, uh, health uh, service delivery area, which is around Kelowna, and uh, the health service delivery area servicing Revelstoke. Those have seen real spikes in cases in the last little while. Obviously, there's cases in Kamloops as well. There were 82 in interior health yesterday. I think the orders are having an effect. I mean, we're not seeing a continuing rise. We were seeing a doubling in the number of cases mm-hmm. in very short periods of time, and they're, they've been more stable. 
but we're going to have to continue to act if we want to see them come down. And remember, it takes a while for the steps we've taken to have an effect on the numbers that the mortality, and we just had a, a I just can't tell you uh, what an awful day yesterday was. Right? We had yeah. a lot of people die from COVID-19. Mm-hmm. It, it was, um, it was uh, gutting yesterday for a lot of families, but for everyone involved as well. Those figures, what happens with mortality, reflect what happened several weeks ago with transmission, right? Because um, that's the course of the virus. And so it's going to take a while. We're going to continue to see, I think, unfortunately, um, uh, significant mortality in the next weeks because those are the cases we saw some weeks ago, particularly in long-term care, but in the community. So um, the short answer is they are having a profound effect. And we're particularly seeing fewer cases with respect to household gatherings because people are following those orders. And we hope that the impact on community gatherings will have a a continued effect, and we're starting to see that. But um, look, uh, this is uh, a, a, uh, there's no vaccine right now that's generally available, and there's no cure for COVID-19. So um, these are the steps we can take uh, to stop it and to get through uh, this most terrible period. November, December, January, February are going to be our toughest months with COVID-19. We knew that. That's why the measures are in place. That's why all the investment in healthcare has been made. But it's a huge challenge. Uh, I, I do have one more question for you, non-COVID related. Um, yesterday, there was the first minister's meeting and there was talk about uh, the health transfer payments being increased at the federal level. However, the prime minister really refusing to have a conversation on that at this point in time. But uh, just what do you make of the system as it stands right now? Do you think the Fed should be contributing more to the provincial health care system? Yes. And it's not the provincial health care system. It's our health care system. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, fair, fair. and uh, initially, um, uh, initially, uh, the Medicare system in Canada, which was started both at the federal level and the provincial level. Remember, this was on a basis of 50 50 funding. Right. 50 mm-hmm. percent federal, 50 percent provincial. Uh, I forget what it was last year, maybe 22 percent federal. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was um, Terry Lake, who, you know, was uh, from Camus, the minister before me. And he can tell you and I can tell you that the federal government, federal contribution is inadequate and it needs to be raised. And the, these are fundamental issues. We've never seen our health care system be more important. But it was really important in 2019 and 2018 and 2017 as well. One of the challenges of Canadian federalism, and this is where I sound, you know, every every minute of my 56 years, the challenge of Canadian federalism is that the federal government has disproportionate spending, uh, taxing authority and revenue authority, and the provinces have much of the jurisdiction, right? And so that's why we have federal-provincial uh, relationships. And the federal government, especially since uh, in the last... 10 years under both Mr. Harper and Mr. Trudeau has not made taken steps to improve the Canada health transfer at a time when, when the inflation in healthcare is high. And it's not high because uh, provincial governments aren't spending it well or anything else. It's high because the costs of prescription drugs are going up and we have an aging population and um, that makes healthcare more expensive and, and more important. And so the federal government has to do it, chair, and that's what the uh, Premier Horgan Casey made yesterday, 
and that's the case all the other premiers made. And uh, uh, just because the federal government didn't say yes yesterday doesn't mean we're not going to succeed. We're still working at it. Minister, thank you so much for this. Always appreciate the time, and uh, have a great rest of your Friday, and have a great weekend. Hey, you're right on. Take care, eh? All right. That was the province's health minister, Adrian Dix.